Thank you everyone for your lovely welcome. It's great to be back sharing with you again as we worship together this morning. We've come at the beginning of the week to put God first in our lives, to set everything before us into the context of his glory, of his mercy and love. And as we worship the living God together, May we be drawn deeper into his holy presence. May we know afresh his restoration to be the people he calls us to be this week. We come through Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. And we come as one, united in this place and with our brothers and sisters across this town, this country and other lands. We come united with the heavenly hosts to praise and honour God. As the psalmist declares, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. The Lord is enthroned as king forever, The Lord gives strength to his people, and the Lord blesses his people with peace. And so we pray. Thank you for this glorious day, Lord. A day of forgiveness that stretches out like a lake of never-ending grace. A day of promise, of love in action, alive and outstretched. A day of unity, Mending broken lives where we build bridges of peace and restoration. A day of celebration, of worship to a living God who holds heaven out to us and proclaims life over death. We proclaim your greatness together this morning. And all of God's people said, Amen. Going to hear now from God's word. A word that continues that theme of love and care, and uh, it's going to be read for us. Thank you. It's my joy and privilege this morning to be reading one of the great chapters of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Hear the word of the Lord. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong. Or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. 
Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away, put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Praise God for the truth and power of his word. Thank you for that lovely reading, which gives us a real sense of the power in these words that we are looking at this morning. And so, Father, as we come to your word and share around it together, thank you that by your spirit you always speak to us and lead us into truth. Father, this morning, would you give us receptive ears, hearts and souls to respond faithfully to all that you say to us. In the name of our Saviour Jesus we pray. Amen. (coughs) The young bride was extremely nervous before her wedding, Convinced that she would make some terrible mistake during the ceremony, she asked her mother for advice. Quite simple, she told her. Just remember that you walk down the aisle, stand at the altar, and then we sing a hymn. Reassured by this, the bride arrived at the church on the morning of her wedding, repeating her mother's words over and over to herself. As she made her way down the aisle, The guests could hear her saying to herself what sounded suspiciously like, I'll alter him, I'll alter him. (laughs) Perhaps not the greatest start to a marriage. The sentiments the bride expressed are in direct contrast to those described in the words of scripture we are looking at today. These verses from Corinthians are often read at weddings as a wonderful poetic description of love. They are a call to live love out. But it's important, however, that this incredibly moving and challenging appeal is looked at in the context of the surrounding chapters. In his letter to the church at Corinth, Paul is writing in response to divisions appearing in the fellowships. He writes as a pastor to an immature church, seeking to see it restored in areas of weakness. These include such matters as favouritism of leaders, sexual immorality and now conduct in public worship. This discourse on love comes between chapters 12 and 14 as a response to the misuse of spiritual gifts within worship, an attitude which was proving to be destructive within this fellowship, as the members were seeking to use their gifts for selfish advantage rather than building each other up. 
In the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul states that without love, the use of these gifts is empty and meaningless. He then goes on to describe in verses 4 to 7, verses that we're going to specifically look at this morning, what true love looks like and how it should be expressed in their lives together. And then verses 8 to 13 explain how love lasts into the next world and therefore is far more important than most of the things that this church was bothered about. These words are more than a Hollywood account of love, full of wonderful romanticism that can also be self-serving. But the films are good fun to watch, aren't they? For example, an unromantic response was made by Harrison Ford playing Han Solo in the film Empire Strikes Back, who when Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia romantically declared, I love you, replied with, I know. The words in 1 Corinthians 13 are a cry to sacrificially put the needs of others first without a judgmental and grudging manner, but with patience and kindness. That is hard, isn't it? Very hard. And preaching on these words is hugely challenging to me because I know there are situations in my life where I am not always patient and kind, where I don't keep no record of wrongs, where I do not always persevere. I know this admission will come as a huge shock to my family, (laughs) but but it's true. It's true. And in our own human strength, it would be impossible to live like this. But these verses are not written to condemn and weigh us down with guilt, but to spur us on and ask us to progress to a better way of life. As believers, we are not infallible. But in Christ Jesus, we have been forgiven, we have been made whole, and we have a new perfect life of righteousness filled with the Holy Spirit. And through these words this morning, God is gently encouraging us to love others as we have been loved by him. These words define what love is. Popular music often speaks to us about the experiences and heartaches of loving songs that many relate to. Foreigner famously sang in their number one hit, I want to know what love is. You two sang, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And Amy Winehouse declared, love is a losing game. And Adele has often sung in her albums about the difficulties of love. People are searching for love, and the verses before us this morning define what love is. A very brief language lesson. The Greek language has a number of words for love. Three are commonly used. Eros is defined as sexual or romantic love. Philia describes brotherly love or the love in a friendship. And agape describes unconditional love. A love that is freely given for the benefit of the other person. A love that comes from God himself as described in the passage before us today. And in Paul's letter to the church at Galatians, love is described as the first fruit of the Holy Spirit.
And fruit is a sign of a healthy, growing plant. I enjoy gardening. I'm not very good at it, but muddle through. A few months ago, in our small garden in a corner, I put some new topsoil down and scattered and raked in some wildflower seeds. I was hoping for a display of lovely colours this summer. And every day since I planted them, I've gone out and checked for signs of life and plants in the soil. I now have some lovely, colourful wildflowers. Not as many as I'd hoped, but the work (coughs) has borne fruit. And I think that's really a parable of what God is doing in our lives as the Creator. He is looking for fruit in our hearts and lives, day by day. And for us as believers, the fruit of love is evidence that Jesus is at work in our lives and we are growing in him. So let's look a little more closely at verses 4 to 8 that define what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. There was a man who told his wife that a husband is like a fine wine. He gets better with age. The next day, she locked him in the cellar. (laughs) Not much patience and kindness being shown by either party. Patience is the opposite of being short-tempered. It reacts with goodness towards those who will treat it. It gives kindness as others are served. It is not envious and therefore jealous. It is not displeased with the success of others. It does not brag and is not puffed up with its own achievements. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It is not rude, bringing disgrace and indecency into the conversation. Or indeed, for the Corinthians, bringing unruly conduct into worship. It is not self-centred, insisting on its own way. Consequently, it will listen to others, putting their needs first. It is not angered. There is a place for righteous opposition to evil. But in this context, it is talking about a selfish concern for one's own rights. When we are provoked, if we respond with love, we will see the strengths and potential of others rather than their quirks and attitude. I've been reading the autobiography of Baroness Fluella Benjamin. Amongst many things, she's been an author, TV presenter, actor, campaigner for children's rights. Those of us of a certain generation will remember her as a presenter of Play School for many years. She arrived in London as part of the Windrush generation and in her life has faced many difficult situations of hardship and abuse. Her way of dealing with it has been to smile and live with joy and positivity and I think we get that from the picture, don't we? She has said, all you do when people don't show you love is show love yourself. You have to smile and feel worthy. Any wickedness that people give to me, I just smile. And in fact, it was Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa who said, love's begin 
Love begins with a smile. The word used for keeping no record of wrongs is connected to the keeping of accounts. In other words, noting something down and reckoning it to someone. I know I've done it in my life. I forgive and forget, but then somehow I'm able to record, accurately record at every opportunity what someone did and said as a means of showing a sense of injustice. We need to be aware of a lack of forgiveness that then becomes a barrier to us receiving from God. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It's so easy, isn't it, when we feel we have been slighted to delight in the misfortune of those who speak ill of us as a means of feeling vindicated. They had it coming to them. Love should do the opposite and delight in truth. We have Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth and the life. May the truth of his love invade our lives. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love (coughs) protects. The verb means to cover. One of our favourite walks is along the Thames from Hurley, in any direction really. It's enjoyable at any time of year, particularly in the spring and into summer. Often along the path, just after Hurley towards Hambledon, there's a gaggle of geese. And when they hatch, they're goslings. You get too close to them at your peril. Last time, I think last year, we counted 20 or so baby geese being supervised by their parents. And if you got too close, you were warned. They were doing their job of protecting them. And another time we saw a swan gliding along, and then it moved its wings to reveal a little signet resting under them, being protected, just like this picture. Psalm 91 declares, Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. God's love protects us. Always trusts. It allows for circumstances and wants to see the best in others. It doesn't mean it's gullible. There are times when we must be guarded and aware, particularly for your own safety. It is therefore not deceived, but is ready to give the benefit of the doubt. Always hopes. It looks forward and not back to the past. Love is a glass half full. It is a refusal to take failure as final. Always perseveres. It just keeps going and going. Duracell hasn't got anything on love that perseveres. Love never fails. It cannot be quenched because love is a person. We can love this way when we are relationship. We can love this way when we are in relationship with Jesus, because to love like this comes from Him. So, what does this love look like in practice for us? A few simple pointers. 
In your relationships and conversations, ask what Jesus would do. Listen more. Speak less. Give time to someone. Giving time to someone is an act of love. Valuing them for whom they are. Often problems articulated produce healing and direction. Be slow to come to judgmental conclusions. If a name is given to you as you pray, call them up. See how they are. Keep short accounts. Maybe something was said in haste a few years ago and that needs to be put right in a relationship. Keep persevering in prayer for a situation. It's hard, but don't give up. Tom Wright, in his commentary on these verses, gives some helpful tips for prayerfully allowing the words to sink into our souls. He suggests taking them a verse at a time and reflecting on three things. Firstly, ways in which you see these qualities in Jesus himself. Secondly, ways in which you see or don't see them in ourselves. Thirdly, ways in which, if we were like that, it would work out in practice. And ask for grace to envisage situations where we could behave differently and imagine what it would feel like. We are called to love as we have received love. How have we received love? I'm going to read verses 4 to 8 again and substitute, it, and substitute the name of Jesus for the word love. You see, love is a person. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonour others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. This is how we have been loved. Once we were enemies of God, separated by sin, but God was kind, was patient and carried on loving us, even with our backs turned to him. He loved us so much, he sent his son to die on a cross for us, taking upon himself the punishment of our sins, our selfish desires. In Jesus, our record of wrongs has been deleted. In his love for us, God has held nothing back. And his love has never failed. Because he had no sin, Jesus rose gloriously to new life, defeating the powers of darkness. And if we trust in Jesus, giving him the authority in our lives, we are set free from sin and our old way of life. We are clothed in his righteousness, making our life and love acceptable to God. In Jesus... We have a new life and a new hope. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Nothing 
can separate us from this love. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And don't let anyone tell you that you cannot receive or experience a love like this. Jesus gave his life for you. He has not given up on you. That is how much you are loved, with a love that always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. Our relationships may not always be what they could and should be, but through Jesus we can experience the perfect love of God day by day. And as you trust him, you can never be separated from this love. And he will give you the strength to live it out, even though humanly speaking it is very difficult. Whatever you are facing in your life at this moment, in Christ Jesus, you are not separated from his love. There are times when life is desperate, when life does not go as we desire or plan, when it is very painful, when we make mistakes, when we fail to love with patience and kindness as we have been loved, when wrong decisions lead to difficult circumstances that weigh us down. But as we seek Jesus and look to him, we receive amazing grace, forgiveness and restoration. And through the Holy Spirit's indwelling power and presence, we are given strength to love as we have been loved. And it will spill over from the love that we receive day by day from the presence of God in our lives. Can I encourage you to trust in Jesus today? God's love never fails because God's love in Jesus never fails. Let's pray. In a moment of quietness to just receive deep in our hearts God's love, God's peace, God's restoration through Jesus. Lord, your love flows like a stream into the ocean of your grace. Your love encircles this world, displays your faithfulness. Your love is patient and kind, brings wholeness and true peace. Your love is all we desire to heal our brokenness. As all things pass and fade away, love remains eternally. Creator of all, sustainer of all, saviour of all, your glory and majesty are beyond our understanding, your power too awesome to behold, and yet your love enfolds us as a gentle breeze. Saviour of all, sustainer of all, creator of all, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.